It's the Wealth Dictionary with your Wealth Word of the Day. Today's word is bubble or economic bubble or asset bubble or balloon is a noun spelled B-U-B-B-L-E. Bubble. A bubble is a fast rise in an asset's price followed by a contraction. Bubbles happen when the price is not justified by the asset itself, but rather by the over-exuberant behavior of investors. When there are no more investors willing to pay the overinflated price, people panic and the sell. When there are no more investors willing to pay the overinflated price, people panic and sell, and the bubble bursts. The term bubble, in reference to financial crisis, originated in the 1711-1720 British South Sea Bubble and originally referred to the companies themselves and their inflated stock, rather than to the crisis itself. This was one of the earliest modern financial crises. Other episodes were referred to as manias, as in the Dutch tulip mania. The metaphor indicated that the prices of the stock were inflated and fragile, expanded based on nothing but air, and vulnerable to a sudden burst, as in fact incurred. Some later commentators have extended the metaphor to emphasize the suddenness, suggesting that economic bubbles end all at once and nothing first, just as bubbles do when they burst. Though theories of financial crises, such as debt deflation and the financial instability hypothesis, suggest instead that bubbles burst progressively, with the most vulnerable, most highly leveraged, assets failing first, and then the collapse spreading throughout the economy. There are different types of bubbles, with economists primarily interested in two major types of bubbles. The first is the equity bubble. An equity bubble is characterized by tangible investments and the unsustainable desire to satisfy a legitimate market in high demand. These kind of bubbles are characterized by easily by easy liquidity, tangible and real assets, and an actual innovation that boosts confidence. Two instances of equity bubble are the tulip mania and the dot-com bubble. The debt bubble is, a, uh, is characterized by intangible or credit-based investments with little ability to satisfy growing demand in a non-existent market non-existent market. These bubbles are not backed by real assets and are characterized by frivolous lending in the hopes of returning a profit or security. These bubbles usually end in debt deflation causing bank runs or a currency crisis when the government can no longer maintain the fiat currency. Examples include the Great Depression and the Great Recession. Five stages of a bubble. Economist Hyman P. Minsky was one of the first to explain the development of financial instability and the relationship it has with the economy. In his pioneering book, Stabilizing an Unstable Economy, from 1986, he identified five stages in a typical credit cycle, one of several recurrent, one of several recurrent, one of several recurrent economic cycles. These stages also outline the basic pattern of a bubble. First is displacement. A displacement occurs when investors get enamored by a new paradigm, such as an innovative new technology or interest rates that are historically low. That are historically low. A classic example of displacement is the decline in the federal funds rate from 6.5% in May of 2000 to 1% in June of 2003. Over this three-year period, the interest rate on 30-year fixed-rate mortgages fell by 2.5 percentage points to a historic low of 5.21% sowing the seeds for the subsequent housing bubble. Boom! Prices rise slowly at first following a displacement, 
but then gain momentum as more and more participants enter the market, setting the stage for the boom phase. During this phase, the asset in question attracts widespread media coverage. Fear of missing out on what could be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity spurs more speculation, drawing an increasing number of investors and traders into the fold. The next phase, euphoria. During this phase, caution is thrown to the wind as asset prices skyrocket. Valuations reach extreme levels during this phase as new valuation measures and metrics are touted to justify the relentless rise. And the greater fool theory, the idea that no matter how prices go, there will always be a market of buyers willing to pay more, plays out everywhere. For example, at the peak of the Japanese real estate bubble in 1989, land in Tokyo sold for as much as $139,000 per square foot or more than 350 times the value of Manhattan property. Similarly, at the height of the internet bubble in March 2000, the combined value of all technology stocks on the NASDAQ was higher than the GDP of most nations. Profit taking. In this phase, the smart money, heeding the warning signs that the bubble is about at its bursting point, starts selling positions and taking profits. But estimating the exact time when a bubble is due to collapse can be a difficult exercise because, as economist, economist John Maynard Keynes put it, the markets can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent. In August 2000, for example, French bank BNP Paribas halted withdrawals from three investment funds with substantial exposure to U.S. subprime mortgages because it could not value their holdings. While this development initially rattled financial markets, it was brushed aside over the next couple of months as global equity markets reached new highs. In retrospect, Paribas had the right idea, and this relatively minor event was indeed a warning sign of the turbulent times to come. The last phase is the panic. It only takes a relatively minor event to prick a bubble, but once it is pricked, the bubble cannot inflate again. In the panic stage, asset prices reverse course and descend as rapidly as they had ascended. Investors and speculators, faced with margin calls and plunging values of their holdings, now want to liquidate at any price. As supply overwhelms demand, asset prices slide sharply. One of the most vivid examples of global panic in financial markets occurred in October 2008, weeks after Lehman Brothers declared bankruptcy and Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and AIG almost collapsed. The S&P 500 plummet, plunged almost 17% that month, its ninth worst monthly performance. In that single month, global equity markets lost a staggering $9.3 trillion of 22% of their combined market capitalization. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, like, and share. With your wealth word of the day, I am Matthias Trulin.